0: answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-W-O-R-T-H.
1: Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hanson. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you are with us as we talk about financial issues. As uh, fall is, kind of feels like it's... Here And anyway, glad you're glad to join us today as we're talking about financial matters, both myself and my co-host. We are both financial advisors, certified financial planner, charter financial consultant. We spend our weekdays with people like yourself and come here on the weekends to be your financial advisors on the air. And um, just we- try to bring some financial peace to your life. I think that's the, uh, the goal. Yeah, it's uh, money is such a funny thing. Uh, because I've yet to talk to someone who says they have enough. I mean, there's there's always a want for more. It's never quite a satisfying thing. Maybe it's just human nature. That's a human, okay. right. that that? a human condition, isn't no, it? That's a human condition. That's <laughs> true. That is true. Um, but our, our goal with, with in helping people is to make sure that they've got the right kind of financial plan in place where they could have confidence with their finances and part of this program is just to be open and transparent and honest about what's hap- what's what's available in the marketplace. So much of Wall Street's about pat- putting together products and selling you products that some are okay for you and some are downright hazardous to your finances. And so we try to cut through some of that stuff. We love taking your calls, answering your questions.
2: And it's and- especially hard right now uh, in this environment in which we're living with many would say political Unrest uh, or uh, social uneasiness, or the COVID, and I came across a quote today called "ambient emotion." And so uh, later on in the show, I'm going to talk about what ambient emotion means and w- how it can actually affect your portfolio. Well, that I can't wait to hear that one too. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's, actually, I'm trying to get ambient touch, emotion.
1: I'm trying to get in touch with my uh, softer. I don't even know what that means, but i uh, looking forward to the second half. To Learn Anyway, we're going to take quite a few calls today. Eight three three ninety nine worth is the number. Eight three three ninety nine worth Numerically, that number is 833 6784 Again, 833-999-6784. And let's start off. We're going to talk with Nick. Nick, you're with Allworth's Money Matters.
3: Yes, sir. How are you?
1: Wonderful. How are you doing?
3: i'm doing fine so i have a question that i have a, I, I have quit, I have, you know left two jobs you know since i've been working 30 plus years and uh, so one place was 401k and other place was 403b okay. so i rolled both of them to vanguard mhm so now they are rolled over ira and uh, i would like to know that you know uh, to squat substantial money you know 1.5 mil i think uh so I would like to roll over some of that, you know, into rock iron. Okay. But I do not want to do all of it one time because it would be a lot of taxes. Yeah, yeah, it would be horrible. But uh yes. So, so are you working? is uh, can it be done in portions or it has to be yeah. done in a lump
2: sum? No, no, no. It could be done in it could you can do a penny or you could do all one point five million. How old are you, Nick?
3: Okay. I'm sixty three.
2: And are you working today?
3: Yes, I'm working right now. Yes,
2: and is uh, are you married or have a spouse?
3: Yes, yes, my wife. Yes, uh, she uh, yes she is pharmacist. She also makes okay. a good salary. So, what's
2: your family income?
3: Uh, my family income, maybe. Gosh, well, I have a farm also, so we make around uh, four five hundred. Okay.
1: And what state do you reside in?
3: Oh gosh. <laughs> The
2: worst state in America, California. <laughs> the worst state. <laughs> <laughs> the worst tax state. Let's restate that. We're residents of California as well. So we like to say the worst well, tax the- state.
1: Well, there's other bad things well, about this in, state, too. <laughs> I live in uh, Sacramento Valley, you know,
3: for two three months, we could
1: not even see sun. Yeah, oh, because of the fires.
3: With all the fires yep.
1: going yep. on here. Yep, yep. So if the challenge, so, the challenge you've got now, you are already at the pretty much the top income bracket.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, and if you convert, you're converting at the top income brackets today, both federal and state. Yes. Um, Ten years from now, do you think you'll be in California still?
3: I think I'm, yes, sir, because, uh, you know, I have a farm here, so uh, I don't, my whole family's here, so I think we're not going anywhere.
1: And when do you think you and your wife will retire? Well, I will probably, my, my the youngest kid
3: is in the fourth year of medical school. I think uh, he will be done uh, next year. And uh, after that, we really don't need to work.
2: Okay. So then you should wait. Uh, you should yeah. not do a thing now when your income is this high. But if you uh, leave the workforce prior to age 72, it's that time between you leaving the workforce and your age 72 when the required minimum distribution – we'll start, is when you want to consider the Roth conversion. Which when your income goes uh, down is when we want to consider the Roth conversion.
3: My wife is a lot younger than me. uh, So I probably at some point, you know, I'll be retired, but she will be still working because, you know, the health insurance.
1: Yes. Yep. Yep. So, so, I mean, I'm uh, not, uh, I'm not terribly worried about required minimum distributions with you because it's much less than what you've got making now. That's right.
3: Yeah, so I I seriously doubt that we will ever use this money. I think it's probably going to go to
2: the kids. Okay, so it that's that's a different that's a different story altogether. The question is, well, we... not
1: really, because they're in the highest. Their kids probably are not in your same tax bracket. Well, not so you now. want to defer it as much as possible. Yeah, the, the challenge is, you look. I mean, I think it'd be nuts to convert anything right now. With well, no, that's but, but
2: Scott, jobs. if 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 he leaves the workforce. And his wife leaves the workforce prior then to required the minimum. That's, distance. The that's the time you do it, and don't worry about it till then. So call oh, back when so, you okay. leave the workforce, and
1: maybe even if he's seventy-four, he still converts some to Roth. Above that his, might be, yeah,
2: that may be depending upon what marginal tax right. rate your children that's are exact.
1: in. And what re- well, tax they rate? Well, they're
3: both going to be doctors. They're both going to be doctors. but they both will be in a high tax bracket.
2: Well, you're hoping. <laughs>
1: They don't make what they used to, do they? But anyway, yeah. <laughs> you're hoping,
3: well, you're right. It depends on who wins. We might have Well, we can't go there.
1: We can't
2: go there. But I can tell you this. Um, you shouldn't worry about it. Um, you shouldn't worry about it for now until your income okay. goes down substantially by, yes. I'd say, about half. And then we yes. would take a look at it. Um, but for right now, there's nothing I would not to at do. this
1: level, particularly being oh, a resident I would, of California. wouldn't even
2: consider it. All righty.
1: So, yes. Yes. So, my only concern was that somehow
3: I was under this impression that you have to do the whole thing. No,
1: no, 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 no. no, no. And and what what ideally, let's say you quit working next year, you want to do some, you do a projection, say, and you can do some what if scenarios. What if I converted 30,000? What if I converted 40,000? What if I converted 80,000? And so you can do some what-if scenarios and then you can play with it and right, based upon where tax laws. And the nice thing is you got you can do this year after year. There's going to be a lot of tax changes over the next 20 years, right, obviously. And so it gives you a lot of flexibility to, at that point in time. But I wouldn't do it this year at your income level. So appreciate the call, Nick. Let's continue on with our calls and we are going to speak with Rob. Rob, you're with Allworth Money Matters.
5: Okay, hey, so this is my question. And I've, I've run it by a number of, of people, but it's just as crazy as the times are right now. Um, give me the pros and cons of converting my uh, uh, account, my 401k account, to cash uh, versus uh, kind of go through the versus the risk of going through what might happen after this election.
2: What might happen after this election?
5: I don't know. I don't know if things are – it just seems as crazy as things are going in the world. It's just – I get a little nervous about uh, um, my 401k account.
1: Uh, is your 401k – is it 100% in stocks?
5: No, it's very, very diversified. Uh, you guys have done a nice job of diversifying it, and, and you're always trying to convince me that it, it sounds – won't, it won't really go bad but it's just one of those questions uh, what's the risk of just pulling out of it for a few months and uh, letting this thing get settled down and see what how it goes what happens what
1: happens if you so first of all it sounds like you're not all in stocks are you yeah. going to be spending the money in the next 5 years the port that isn't no, I hardly use I hardly use any oh, of it okay
2: so let's let's talk about the risk of of missing out right like what's the big deal Right, and this is this year twenty twenty is the perfect example of why you cannot or should not time a market.
1: So, so hi. you know, it's funny. I thought I was early on in the pandemic, and there's a financial advisor uh, that I know that I bumped into out in public. Okay. We were masked up or whatever it was back, and he says to me, "Yeah, Scott, I got my clients out of the market," and I think he was trying to be bragging about it. And I remember telling Pat, 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 he works for a large company. Pat said, like, well, if he's uh-huh. so smart, what's he doing working for that company? <laughs> Did I say yeah, that? That was pretty good. That sounds like something I would but say. I remember telling me that and I'm thinking, well, that's, I remember thinking, wow, that's kind of a risky move because when, you, ha- get back when you get back in, right? And then I remember the, the markets really had kind of sell off for a while and then the markets <laughs> recovered and then went on to Newton. Right. So we're hitting new highs for a lot of the indexes were on a we're at a new high. But to my point is, I'm thinking this guy, what happens? He took his clients out and now we're at a new high. Now, what do you do? When do you go back in? Right. So this is a that, perfect that, example. Don't, always,
2: what's that?
5: It's always a concern of when you go back in. But it's just a, if I'm sitting there with a cash amount with a, a really nice account sitting there at, that I don't really have to have. For a while, um, I hate, I'd hate. i hate to just get hit by 20% or something like that out but of that's it. it. But
1: it, it's, if it doesn't fall 20% now, it's going to fall 20% at some point in time. Uh-huh. And so the question is— It will. I mean, historically, about every three years, the stock market's fallen about so, 20%. So let's just forget the election, right? Let's forget yeah. the election.
2: It, it, the cost of the good numbers over a period of time, the cost of the return— Over a period of time, above anything above what a one-year CD rate is, the return, there's a cost associated with that. And the cost associated with that is volatility or the movements up and down in the market on a daily basis, right? Mm -hmm. That's volatility. You know what loss is? Loss is when you sell in the market's low. If you hold on and let the markets go through its cycles on a historical basis, that, sure, is that a loss? Yeah, it's a loss, much like a gain is a gain. It's a loss, right? So, you you but you didn't say that you wanted to sell, you were afraid your portfolio was going to go up by 20%, right? You just were afraid that it was going to go down by 20%. Yeah,
5: I'd like to just, yeah, exactly.
2: Right, so the perfect portfolio is the one that only goes up when the markets go up, and doesn't go down, when the markets go down. It doesn't doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. So what the question we really should be asking is, are you at the appropriate risk level in your portfolio for you at your stage of life? Forget what this is, because right now it's an election, it's COVID. Three years from now, it's going to be something else. Five years from now, it's going to be you know, Watergate all over again. It's going to be the Contra affair. You know it's going to be, you know, Russian. It's, when I was a kid, we did those drills where we actually <laughs> okay. climbed underneath the, I don't know if you're as old as I am, where they had these dr- yeah. well. Wow. Do you remember going to having the air, air raid drills where you'd have to climb underneath your, uh, desk. your desk? As if that was oh, yeah. some sort of safety <laughs>
0: mechanism. That was the radiation's
2: not going to go through the desk. It's going to save us all. Um, so w- w- the question isn't, do I get out? The question is, am I at the
1: appropriate risk level? And one thing I like to anchor back to and maybe find other, some. when I started in this business in 1990, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was around 2,600. Today, it's 10 times higher. Mm-hmm. And you think all the things that have happened the last 30 years. So here is- and- yeah, yeah, So, I mean, the, and there's been a lot of downturns, bad downturns, the financial crisis, the pandemic, the dot-com thing, right? Three times the market's fallen almost 50% or more than 50%, but yet it's gone right. up tenfold over the long term. So over the next couple months, who knows where the markets are going to be? And if you need to spend the money in the next couple months, get it the heck out of the stock market. But if you, if you have a well-balanced
2: portfolio, you've probably got five – six, eight, 10 years in the fixed income side of the portfolio that will allow the markets to recover over that. So what you probably need to do is circle back with your advisor and talk about risk. And it's not, you know, Scott and I were doing this show a couple of weeks ago and this guy was in and out of the market and he would go hundred percent into stocks and zero stocks, hundred percent in stocks. And Scott had a great analogy. Scott said, you're driving down the freeway and you have two speeds: complete stop or a hundred miles an hour. There's no in between, right? And that would be a terrible way to drive. But, yep. there, but, but that it, life doesn't have to be a hundred percent or zero percent. And so, my guess is your portfolio. How old are you, Rob? Sixty-seven. Okay, so your portfolio probably is—I'm guessing fifty to sixty percent equities.
1: And or if, if you not, or, and, yeah, or if not, maybe less even.
2: What is it today? Do you know?
5: It, it's. Right, I, think around, I think it's around 45, something right around in there. And I've been assured by my advisor that I'm not at a high risk. Yeah, and that's not, that a, high risk. That. That's not no. a high risk. That's not a high risk. The I, part of
1: the challenge is, as we get older, right, are you retired? Yes. So you got plenty of time to be looking at this stuff, right? That is part of a challenge. Yeah, I, Lots I never of, used to look. Yeah, I know, but I you've got time now. And before, when you were working, you were saving. Now you're not saving. Now you're... You're dipping in periodically, if not on a monthly basis, right? so oh my gosh and and then it's think of the size of the dollar amount you have today versus twenty to thirty years ago there's It's real money now, and a ten percent swing is a massive amount of money. Yes so it's from a psychological standpoint, it's much more difficult now than it was thirty years ago, but based on just exactly. those factors alone, and that's where you need you to be a- able to set the motions aside. And say, yeah. let me think about this rationally. And every once in a while, it helps just to reset. To like, let me think about this rationally. That's why sometimes it's helpful just to talk with your advisor and saying, hey, help me think through this again because I don't feel good. <laughs> oh, She's assured me she's
5: assured of that. She said, Rob, you're, you and your wife are right where you want to be on this thing, and this is really a good situation. And, and she said the exact same thing. You don't want to be on that side trying to get back in.
1: And when, 90, uh, 98% of advisors would give you the same advice. You gonna, I, you're always fine. Flip on CNBC or whatever. You're going to find some quack bond who's going to tell you why you need to do this or that. They're not going to – studies have shown you're not going to have better performance by doing that. The, the worst thing that could happen, you get out, you sell out, and then the market's up 30%. And then you're like, well, I can't afford to get back in now. i need going to wait until it pulls back. And then the market's up again. And then you're like, "Right." well, now when do I get back in? And the next thing you know, the market's up What foot? What? what How much are we up? 50, 40 some odd percent from the low. Crazy amount.
2: So Rob, I wouldn't do a thing. I'd I'd quit looking at my statements so much. I'd probably pick up a sport, uh, bicycling (laughs) or golf.
5: I don't look at it that much. I get caught up with uh, friends of mine that are still working and that that has said, have you guys looked at your, uh, your 401k lately and
1: they go no we, we never get a chance to look at. It. <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah now you're retired time. <laughs> well, anyway well appreciate the call yeah wish you well you try not client. to worry about it too much yeah. and i know what's going to happen the day after the election we will be flooded with calls of people saying get me out i don't care who wins that's right either way every election every presidential election had, for 30 years same we thing. get the people will call that next morning Get me out. Of course, it might be different this time because it might be a period of time before we even know the final count. Yeah. Probably not. But um, we will have calls, people saying, it doesn't matter. Get me out. Whether it's Biden or Trump, get me out again. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's amazing. Even if it was a tie. Even if they both co-were co-presidents. <laughs> <laughs> That would be interesting. The co-president. <laughs> Trump Biden. We're, we're co Yeah, we're and co president Why not? Why not? Let's go with it. Let's get these two old guys in there <laughs> running the country for us. <laughs> no one's come up with that plan. That's a brilliant plan. They get a fist fight. Everyone will be either unhappy or happy. They get a fist fight because Trump won't wear a mask in the uh, Oval <laughs> Office. All right. We find ourselves entertaining. Oh, anyway, let's get to the calls. And we're gonna now talk with Carlos. Carlos, you're with Scott Hansen and Pat McClain, All Worth Money Matters.
3: Hi
6: there. Hi, Carlos. Um, so my question, so I'm uh, 62, my wife is 60, and we're both retired, and so one of our plans is that she starts her Social Security at 62, and then when I reach full retirement age, um, her, so she'll get about 900 mine so if she gets 50% of mine that'll be about 1500 and so we're wondering if we should do that in two years or we should let her grow odds know,
1: are uh, odds are yes um, but I would crunch the numbers there's uh, there's some good programs out there now, now that you can really dial in and do a lot of what if scenarios and, uh, are you working no they're both no. retired oh, you're both retired sorry I do you that. have pensions Correct.
6: No, no. What what we have is uh, we have a, a five hundred and fifty thousand IRA, another five hundred in a non IRA account, and six hundred and fifty in company stock, and our one point two million dollar house is paid for, and um, so right now what we're doing is we're living off company dividends, and then every year we're selling off. Um, company stock
2: to um, make up
6: the shortfall of our dividend.
2: Okay. So let's talk about the stump company stock. This is a single company stock. Um, and you said Correct. you had 550 in an IRA, 550 in a brokerage and 650,000. Is it a
6: publicly 000. traded company? No, it's not. It's a
1: it's a privately held company. Okay. Got it.
2: I was going to say if if it was publicly traded, we should be looking at putting some um
1: but it's private company, Some hedge, that-
2: and you probably have no uh, control over how it's actually. Is it on a plan? Can you sell more of it if you wanted to?
6: Yes, I can sell as much as I want.
1: At any time you want. Yes. Oh wow, that's. Interesting.
2: You plan on living? you In you live in the state of California?
1: Correct. Yeah. How well, much? That's how we paid for
6: our house. We we paid our house off last year, and I sold uh, five hundred thousand
1: last year. Good. 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 All right. So you've already diversified some out of this. Yeah, um, I would diversify
2: yeah. more. In fact, I, I got to tell you, I would probably, uh, I would
1: probably look at defer- deferring. How, social- is it a smaller company? Um, well, did, it's, you re- it's, uh, did you work there? Did you retire from there? Yes, I worked there forty
6: years.
2: Got it. I, I would, I would consider selling the company stock off and deferring Social Security until normal retirement age.
1: No, but, the sp- but it's okay. having his wife take it um, to maximize the spousal benefit. And then when he takes his, she'll convert up to his. Right. That's yeah. what, right? So he's talking about waiting until no, yeah. normal retirement age, which probably makes sense. I might even, uh, yeah, I and might. Know, I would run the numbers. That I would, that's what I would do. and, and, and Along I, with your overall financial plan. That's
2: yeah. right. And I would, I got to tell you that 600, and, I don't care what company stock it is. I don't care if I started that company if it was my own company and I sold it to someone to have essentially what 35, 40% in that single company stock um, right. at that age in my career, um,
1: I, I would, I would, I'd put well, the pandemic hasn't taught us anything. It's that you never know what could happen and what could put right. a company in jeopardy. Right. Cause right. there are companies a year ago that you would have been, you would have thought no way would with this company, yeah. and have any problems. So that's the... We're, it, I'm sorry?
6: Yeah, it, it's, it's, in the pandemic, our company is actually doing better.
1: Okay, that, I, my, my, I, I understand. But something else could come that could derail the company. That's the whole... Right. Diversification is not about increasing returns. It's about protecting what you've got. Okay. Yeah. So I would look at the social security... Because there's like, a lot of industries... And there's there's a lot of people that had retired and had a substantial portion in their previous employer's stock, and that the company just went bankrupt. Right, I've heard of that. Blew yeah, up. well, that yeah it blew it up. Doesn't, yeah, and unfortunately, we have seen um, too many of them. Too many of them. That's why anytime when we see someone with a high percentage in one company, we but. Uh, because you th- you, th- you look at – you can remember the faces. I, I I just still remember, Scott, someone
2: was retiring from Lucent Technologies and had half their net worth tied up in Lucent Technology stocks. And I said to him, look, you have way too much of this. You need to get rid of at least half. And he said, I don't care if this thing falls by 50%. I'm still going
1: to it. He gonna didn't own know it was going to fall 90%. He
2: did not know that. Right? And my wow. recommendation was – and so the, the whole idea behind – so when you asked you asked the social security question, <laughs> I know that's why you called, but, but that, that's not, that, that's, that, that, that's remedial is relative to the risk of, you know, that's, you know, that, that's painting the front door of the house when the roof could be falling in. And, and you're saying, well, Pat, this stock's done great. I work. And there. I love this stock and I've worked there for 40 years. I believe that. Um, but at the same time, um, if that if that position was half the amount it is today, I'd actually feel better for you. Okay. So keep that in mind. Keep but that in mind, and then
1: I would use I'd run the numbers on um on the
2: Social Security, but
1: keep I that would in plan, mind. I would plan that. I would. I think your plan is probably the right way to go. But before you pull the trigger, run the numbers. Hey, but but, but before we move on,
2: uh, before we move on, um, you liquidated five hundred thousand dollars last year. Um, Correct. For the House. So we should know sometime in November who the president of the country will be next year. And um, I would take that into account whether I was going to recognize capital gains or not. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Appreciate the call, Carlos. Thank you. Well,
1: we're going to take a quick break at the bottom of the hour here. And when we come back, we'll continue on with calls and Pat's ambient
2: Ambient emotions, ambient. Scott, and how it may affect the, uh, your investment decisions.
1: All right. Stick around for more All Worth's Money Matters.
0: Do you have a financial question that needs answering? Call us at eight three three ninety nine 99 worth That's 833-99-WORTH. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to All Worth's Money
1: Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you are still joining our program. 833-99-WORTH is our number. It's good to be with everyone.
2: So, uh, Scott, I'm going to share uh, something that happened to me this week. I had a friend from uh, high school uh, reach out to me. I hadn't talked to him in a number of years, but we were pretty good friends in high school. And he said, Hey, Pat, I know you do this money thing. Is there any way you can get on a phone call with myself, my brother, uh, and my sister in law and talk about my parents? So I'm like, Sure.
1: I'd love that. That's. It's a friend that you haven't talked to in a long time. I haven't talked to him, but we were we were good friends. Okay, was we were like, good yeah, friends in high school. Yeah. What the heck? I've got uh, I've got a need. I'm going to reach out to Pat McLean.
2: Yeah, yeah. We were good friends in high school. We worked together in the in, his busboys at the same restaurant, and um, anyway. So I said, sure. Just send me a Zoom invite, and I could do it. It was like on a Thursday night at Wednesday night at eight o'clock. I said I got some
1: time. Um, <laughs> what. <laughs> Tell me that when, Wednesday night. Like, like I was just reminding those sometimes you talk to those people, they give you all kinds of, they're telling a story, and they give you this all this detail oh, that is like, that totally was, irrelevant. That's right. It's Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. Scott, I did the Zoom. Got, and... We've
2: got an hour to kill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I'm hope, I hope we hope don't feel it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're trying to deliver an audience at the same time. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. I'm sorry, I forgot.
2: So we were talking about uh, his parents, 80 and 81, Uh, not much assets, own their home outright, and what they should, they live in a small rural community and they've got medical issues, and we're thinking of moving them into a larger community with better health care, and there's not a lot of assets. And so the first question I asked was, well, what do they want to do? What do your parents want to do? And they said, oh, well, uh, they really just don't even want to have the conversation. (laughs) And I said, well, let's, I I'll, I'll let's walk through three scenarios of things that you should do. But by the way, it's all just a theoretical practice at this point in time um, that has probably no application until you actually get your parents involved in the discussion. If they're of sound mind and can make their own decisions, then you guys are kind of really wasting your time not having them involved. Um, and I thought it was interesting that – that how it, it, it came about, which is they're trying to make decisions for someone else without involving those people in, in these life decisions.
1: Um, well, it's a, it's interesting, Pat, because uh, I think the average age of a new client who joins Allworth is 58 years old, something like that, 57, 58 years old. It's the, and it's really people tend to come seek out financial advice as they're planning for their retirement in the last few years of, of their work and making sure everything's set up and Frankly, we do an excellent job at that. Yes. To help that trans That's kind of our specialty. And so often, we people are are, are dealing with one of two issues, or sometimes <laughs> or both. both. The parents. Odds are, there's still at least one of the four. Or typically, couples. So I'm just throwing yeah. this in. Yes. Yes. Um, so the odds are, there's usually at least one, if not more, parents still alive. Correct. That there's sometimes financial issues to deal with. There's always some sort of financial issues, whether it's maybe oftentimes it's not enough money or those issues. And then there's the also the, there's time needed for care. That's correct. And And who's going to, and how do you, how do you navigate the
2: system? And that's one of the issues. And then oftentimes there's issues on their children, right? uh, Their offspring, if you will. Um, Moving and back home, moving back home with their kids. Needing money, finishing college, can't get a job, didn't turn out quite the way I wanted it to. Um, yeah, it's it's really, really difficult. And I used to say to my children, uh, you know, learn how to wait a table because you'll never be unemployed. And because of this COVID thing, I was completely wrong. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> I, I i believe that i'm all you could go to any city it might not be a nice restaurant but you could get a job as a waiter uh in any restaurant and you will never be unemployed um
1: and then I, it I, couldn't be more I, wrong I, I was a tree trimmer for five years maybe longer than that as i started in high school working for some company and then i had this little business in college that I sold and my my stepfather would often say, well, it's good you've got something to fall back on. And I'm, I'm so, several years in the financial services, financial planner for many years. Well, it's always, you know, no matter how, how bad things good get for you, Scott, you can always fall back on that tree tree business. And I'm like in my 30s at this point. Like, I think I've got the businesses game. Oh, I'm hoping it's not that guess uh, well, well, You're like, beautiful home, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> but remember, son. Uh, I actually i i gave away my equipment because the first couple of years, uh, I was people would ask me to come help them because you're young. Mm-hmm. I was I was married pretty young, and and your friends <laughs> are the same situation. And we're all kind of broke. And hey, Scott, can you come trim my tree? And I remember one day I'm up, literally climbed up some guy's tree with the the chainsaw, <laughs> and I'm thinking it's one thing when you do this five days a week, but if you do it once a year, it's not very. So yeah, I it's probably not away. safe. Probably not safe. I don't know ever on the stage. Yeah, tangent. but no
2: one's calling me asking to help them move anymore either. so. But in my 20s, you'd
1: help someone move at least once every three months. Oh, someone asked me not that. I said, I don't, I'm like, I'm not, I am not moving anybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I stay in pretty good shape, but you, you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah, I'm going to hurt myself throw my back out or something. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we are way
2: off topic. All right, well, let's get some calls. Let's go to the calls. If you have a question regarding your money, uh, give us a call at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833
1: Let's talk with Steve. Steve, you're with Allworth's Money Matters.
2: Yes.
7: Uh, I'm just re- recently retired this year. Congrats. And uh, I, I do want to, with this volatile environment, maintain a low-risk portfolio. And I was just wondering, uh, are the, can the target date funds be cons- uh, referred as a logical option for
6: retirees?
1: Uh, well, nah, well to, I don't think well, they work well at all for retirement. Once you're yes, in retirement. Yes. Correct. They've got their, they're, they're, there's, I'll, we'll talk about when they work well and when they don't. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. But they're, it, it's typically
2: not a great idea in retirement just because of actually how they rebalance and how it's triggered it has nothing really to do with market conditions or your risk
1: tolerance? So I think they work well for small balances when someone has a long time. My Last night, uh, I was opening the mail. My daughter, who's 24 years old, has a Roth IRA that, frankly, I helped her contribute to her when she first had her job. And it's in a target date fund, target 2060 or 2070 or something like that. And I I use that just because it was a small amount um, it was easy to get a lot of diversification. Um, it didn't require much work. There's no work at all on it. And then once it gets to a certain size, I'll, I'll
2: put it somewhere else. And what does that mean, 2060 or 2070, Scott? What does that mean?
1: Well, it was designed for her retirement date being in 2060, 40 years from now. Yeah. So for her, it's very aggressive. And if she was in a retirement fund that was, at say, 2020, like it's going to retire this year, like it's, it's much more uh, conservative. I think, so Steve, I think they work great and for smaller balances. Number one. And for two, when somebody doesn't, uh, they don't know how else to invest or they'll just make poor choices outside of that. It's a pretty safe lane to be in as far as you're not going to make, you're not going to hurt yourself too badly. So, uh, you just retired. What is all, is all your money in a target date fund?
7: Um, uh, well, my 401k is, and the Roth that, uh, I have with the same company, which just transfer from, I don't know if I could say the name of the companies, from Vanguard to Fidelity. Okay. And so they're maintaining that right now. Actually, Vanguard still has my, uh, Roth, you know, that's because they just, because of my business, they just switched, uh you know, who's taking care of all the 401ks for the company.
2: And what's your 401k balance?
7: Uh, 300 and some odd change.
2: Okay. And uh, what's your Roth uh, IRA balance?
7: Um, actually, I got two Roths, one from a local company. Uh, I got like a $13,000 one and then another one for 15,000 or 18,000. Excuse me. How old are you? I'm 66.
2: Are you taking any income from this?
7: I do have a a couple of pensions working for me now.
2: Good for you. But you're not taking any income from your 401k or Roth IRA?
7: No. Are you married? And I haven't started Social Security. I'm planning on maybe next July my birthday.
2: And are you married? No. Okay. Uh, Do you have any debt?
1: No. Good for you. Good for you. So the, the challenge with the with the uh, target date funds, one is that first of all, the fees tend to be more expensive in a target date than if you just had the same allocations owning a handful of different funds. So you end up paying a little more for that. But, but the, the bigger issue is if you want to take a withdrawal, it's you, you have no you can't just say, hey, I just want to have it come from my money market account or I want to have it come from the bond fund. You're, you're, you're selling a little bit of every piece of the portfolio. And they reallocate based
2: upon your, whatever the date is. So they get progressively more conservative. Um, And there are times, right? So they're just going to go in and every year going to sell off some stock and buy a little bit more bond every year, regardless of where you're at in terms of market conditions. Right. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you don't want to sell equities and sometimes you do and vice versa with the bonds. So I wouldn't I I don't like the fact that you have no control over the allocation. If this
1: were thirty thousand dollars, I'd I, say I wouldn't bother. Yeah. Me. But it's for what you've got. You can do a lot better than the target date. And, and the other thing is, if you look at how the, the, they're built,
2: let's say you go to one institution and they will have a combination of 7 or 8 different mutual funds their own inside their own target date fund some shops are better at stocks and some are better at bonds so in some institution mutual funds are better at managing certain asset classes than others but when you buy a target date fund it's like you know it's like going to uh, and it's like going to the store and only buying one brand regardless of if it's good or bad Right. So I don't like the idea that, you know, they're going to put a bond fund in there that you wouldn't buy on your own, but it's packaged inside this target date fund. So you're just going to get it. And it could be a significant portion of your portfolio. It could be 20, 30 percent of your portfolio in a particular fund that you would not buy otherwise if it wasn't packaged inside of this target date fund. That's what my biggest issue is. Scott, do you think like that as well? Well, yeah.
1: Investments are usually. Uh, portfolios should be constructed based upon one one's needs and goals with the dollars, and so what that typically means is that you'll have a variety of different investments that are designed to meet different objectives. So, so for example, some of your four hundred and one k, you say, "I don't want to touch that. That that's that's for my when I get really old, right? That's for a long time out." So, with those that portion of the portfolio, you can say, "I can afford to take a little more risk because I'm going to let the 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 law of long-term averages work in my favor. and But you might have some other money you say, I might want these dollars in three years. I might want these dollars to purchase a new car. I might want these dollars for whatever the case may be. And so when you, typically, I mean, the, the way we look at things is is trying to help someone figure out what, what are the objectives with these dollars? What are we trying to accomplish with our lifestyle with these dollars? Answer those questions first, then look at the portfolio construction second, to really designed in such a manner to help someone meet those goals and objectives. Yeah. And quite frankly, you're
2: worried about the environment today, but see, you shouldn't worry too much about the environment today. The reality is you're going to be retired for maybe 18, 20, 25 years. You should worry about what the account balance is going to do in the meantime, trying to judge a market based upon uh, the environment that we're in is it's a fool's game because at the beginning of the, of this pandemic of the COVID, you would have not thought that the market had any possibility of hitting new highs, at least in the U S stock market, because you're like, how could, right. how could it go right. up? I mean, how could it go up? And, and here then, we are. And here we are. And who, who, you know, who called that?
7: Yeah.
4: Right. Um, so, so you build an allocation I, I and you know stick with my it.
7: My particular case may be different, but uh, it's, it seems to me that uh, my 401k target date funds the fees were a lot lot cheaper. I mean, I do like have another 130,000 or so with a local financial uh, advisor, but they charge like 1.4%, you know, so I was shopping around, seems like 1. 1.4, 1. 1.7% on that. So I was kind of thinking that I don't need uh, the money that I'm making for my pension will carry me through retirement, at least in today's dollars. And then I'm planning on taking social security, which after I do a bunch of housework, then I'm going to start being more aggressive with those funds. What's the thought on that?
2: Well, so what you should be doing with your financial advisor, you're, you're actually paying for financial advice, but you're getting asset allocation.
1: Or you're not trusting the advice. Or you're
2: not trusting the advice. The conversation you should be having with your advisors, your advisors should be giving you recommendations when to start Social Security. Your advisor actually may be telling you to actually either take money out of your IRAs now or convert them to Roth IRAs based upon your marginal. Yeah, and based on your marginal tax rate prior to Social Security. So you don't have a good advisor.
7: Which I did. Well, actually, they didn't advise it, but I did it – I had, uh, with the same financial company, uh, 118000 of it's in uh, mutual funds, and then like uh, 13000 uh is in the Roth. And what I did, that, that Roth was an IRA, and I just recharacterized that into a Roth and then went ahead and paid the taxes. Well,
2: that, that's, you know? that may or may not have been uh, the right thing to do based upon your marginal tax yeah. rate, and maybe you should have done more. Or maybe so when, he should have done yeah. less, but that's what a good financial advisor would do: is actually answer those questions and do asset yeah.
1: allocation. For and you. I mean, and Vanguard has a study, and Morningstar has a very similar study that shows that a quality, a good financial advisor can add up to three percentage points over a long-term uh, relationship. So you're focused on cost, and maybe you don't have that great of an advisor, and you haven't seen the value, and maybe, maybe, it, maybe there's not the value with that advisor. Obviously. If you felt really confident about that advisor, you probably would, wouldn't be having this target date fund and you'd have that advisor um, managing. And there's
2: a good chance you wouldn't be calling a call-in talk show asking financial advice if you were comfortable with your advisor.
1: Yeah. But I'm not going to sit and debate the, the benefits of an advisor. Obviously, I feel very passionate about what I do for work, and I think it adds tremendous value, and, and uh, I wouldn't be doing it uh, if I didn't think it added tremendous value to people's lives. But anyway, Steve, I hope that helped you a bit. And by the way, I think this is a good example of a, a second opinion, If and if you've got – your current strategy going and you're comfortable with it, but you'd like a second opinion. would love to talk to you about that. Take your call 833 99 And Scott,
2: while we're on the subject, if you want to get more educated in your financial situation and you're going into retirement, similar to Steve, we actually have a, a seven personal decision points workshop coming up on the 31st of October. Um, and it's at 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. So all you have to do is go to com and sign up for the 7 personal decision points workshop. Do and you, it's a good one.
1: Are you doing? did you are yeah, you doing yeah. it? I recorded it but it's not it, it's not just some video of uh a talking head on a zoom screen or something. It's highly produced. It's lots of different cutbacks, different things, and it's got uh, videos going and all the kinds of different stuff. It's, so, it's, it's, it's about as entertaining as, as one can make a virtual workshop. There we go. So if you're interested in <laughs> learning more about I've seen out there. your
2: retirement planning, and well, we have a production staff that puts this stuff together. Yeah, I know, I
1: obviously. I, <laughs> me, I don't know. know how to do most of this stuff.
2: So uh, if you'd like to join our seven personal decision points workshop, that is October 31st at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So I'm going to assume that's a weekend.
1: Let's continue on with uh, calls, and let's speak with Lydia. Lydia, you're with Allworth's Money Matters.
4: Yes, good morning.
1: Hi, Lydia. How can we be of help? Uh,
4: I am 83 years old. Young, I should say. Very <laughs> you sound excellent. young,
1: by the way. If you wouldn't have told me 83, I would have never guessed that. But
4: Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I still tap dance. So. Oh, Nice. <laughs> So um I have uh $300,000 sitting at Wells Fargo that is obviously not doing anything. Well it's not losing. Uh, I do have...
1: It's not going no. down in value and it's not being stolen no, from you. But... So it's doing some things good for you. Uh
4: okay, my question is I've been looking into uh annuities and I know that's kind of a, a a bad word but I think they've changed over the years and there's some good ones out there. What I'm basically looking for is uh, my husband is uh, nine years older than me and I will probably lose him. I would like to have some additional income uh, after that event. and would like to invest the $300,000 so I could have some, replace some of the income that I would be losing. And
2: Lydia, are there other assets other than this money in the bank? Do you have money in IRAs yes. or what What are the other no, assets? I,
4: I have a, a pension from the state of California. I am have social security. I also have rental property. Um, so I'm good for... For I- income, but I. And are you looking I'm at? Wondering.
1: Are you looking at the type of annuity where you give up? You give three hundred thousand dollars in exchange for a, a, a monthly payment. The last year dying day.
4: Well, I, I'm afraid to do that. So I'm, I'm I'm walking the you know straddling the fence. I do not know if I that's what I want to do or just take a portion of that three hundred thousand. And let the rest sit there. So I do not know what to how many,
1: do. How many how uh, many rentals do you own?
2: Six. And what is the overall value of the rentals? Mm,
4: the total value, of if I were to sell them yes. today. Yes.
2: Yeah, approximately.
4: Probably. Uh, they're pretty small. Probably, but betr- uh, one one point. One and a half million.
1: Okay. And are there any any loans still on those rentals?
4: No. They're and all
1: an, paid for. Any loan on your home? No.
2: And I assume that you have an up-to-date living trust? Yes. Okay.
1: Uh, and the money that's in the bank, where did those dollars come from?
4: Uh, that was an inheritance.
2: How um, long ago did you inherit that?
4: Five or six years ago. And do
2: you have enough money to live
1: comfortably now?
4: Yes, and do you have children? Oh, uh, they're grown okay. and they're taken care of. Okay. No. Nope. Uh,
1: do you yeah. have any de- desire to leave any of these assets to them when you pass?
4: Yes, but I, that's not my main goal.
1: Okay, <laughs> that's why I'm just trying to figure
2: out. Uh, and is the person at the bank trying to sell you an annuity, or was this your idea?
4: Uh, Well, they've approached me. uh, Not necessarily annuity, but open uh, a portfolio of stocks and bonds, which I do have. I have two different ones uh, with about a half a million in each. One I manage myself and one is with an advisor. And this is extra money sitting there. But I like a certain lifestyle, and I would like to travel a whole lot more the world, and that would be my play money. Yeah. Okay.
2: Um, you have absolutely no need for an annuity. I totally agree. Not a it, it, no need.
4: So the, so
1: the challenge is, first of all, you're the, the right, and I think part of what's driving this is you oh. look, you're earning nothing in the bank, right? That's right. And you said to me, that's not doing it. You feel like this. You feel stupid for having money in the, that's earning nothing, and that you should be doing something with it. I feel yes, that way, right? <laughs> right. I feel that way about my money that's sitting in bank accounts. It feels. But the reality is, it's a strange time right now when the Federal Reserve has brought interest rates down to nothing, right. as, as as an attempt to try to spur the economy on to get people to start putting money in other areas, to invest in other areas that will spur the economy on.
2: To move their money into a riskier
1: asset class. The challenge with going to an insurance company annuity is the the real return is not going to be much different than where you're at now because they live in the same environment as we all live in, and maybe their portfolio will earn a percent and a half or two percent. It's not going to earn much more. Now, if you gave up control of your 300000 and let the insurance company keep it in exchange for a lifetime, so, kind of like buying another pension, um, still okay. the, the return's not going to be much better. It's just a return of principal, so you're
2: going to feel better about it because you don't see yourself drawing. But you gave away the 300000 But you don't need that but at you all. Don't, you don't need it. You, you, you've got $2.8 million in assets outside of your, your primary home. residence. And you got a pension. And you have a pension.
4: You're, How did you come up with two point eight? Well,
2: you said oh, you yeah. had two the, the, accounts the, the, at five hundred thousand, one point five million dollars in guess. and three hundred thousand dollars in the bank. That's two point eight million. Yeah, oh, you're I wealthy. Have, um, and I
4: have about a hundred thousand in CDs.
2: Okay, so now you're two point nine million. I bet if we walked around the house,
1: we could scare you up know another hundred thousand. Like? I, I think you should feel good about having the money in the bank. I'd like it. Ma- too. Maybe look for uh, go to look for a higher yielding bank. You can account? go online,
2: go to bankrate.com if you're comfortable yeah. online. Yeah. You'll get a little I
1: do, I do this. You'll get a little bit higher, but I keep the cash, Liddy. Who knows what's going to happen Spend in life? Spend it. Yeah, you earmark those for well, your trips and stuff.
4: Yeah. And and yeah, I thought about it and I thought, you know, I was looking for about $2,000 uh income additional uh oh, out of that 300,000. You're killing 000. me. You're killing me. And Lydia. The,
1: just go grab
4: the yeah. money. Media,
2: here's what I want you to do. I want you to go down to the bank when they open. I want you to set <laughs> up an electronic transfer of $2,500 a month every month from this CD into your, your checking account. And then I want you to spend it.
1: Or from the savings. Yes. Okay. Because you have the money. And unfortunately, I've run out of time. You have these dollars because you've been relatively frugal over the years and you've saved. And you just told us you'd like to be traveling and do... Don't make an investment decision because you don't have the cash flow coming in your checkbook. You've got plenty of assets, annuities. Yeah, so set it up so
2: that it draws down slowly over time. You're worth, you've got plenty of money. You just don't, haven't figured the mechanism out how to spend it. You're in great
1: shape otherwise. I think, um, I think you're in great shape otherwise. So, and unfortunately we're out of time. It's been great being here with you all. And you didn't talk about your ambient.
0: uh, Oh no. Next week, we'll get it it next week. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Thanks for joining All Worth Money Matters.